2 Chronicles 33. Manasseh was 12 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 55 years in Jerusalem. He did that which was evil in Yahweh's sight, and the abominations of the nations whom Yahweh cast out before the children of Israel. For he built again the high places which Hezekiah his father had broken down, and he raised up altars for the Baals, made Asheroth, and worshipped all the army of the sky, and served them. He built altars in Yahweh's house, of which Yahweh said, My name shall be in Jerusalem forever. He built altars for all the army of the sky in the two courts of Yahweh's house. He also made his children to pass through the fire in the valley of the son of Hinnom. He practiced sorcery, divination and witchcraft and dealt with those who had familiar spirits and with wizards. He did much evil in Yahweh's sight to provoke him to anger. He set the engraved image of the idol, which he had made in God's house, of which God said to David and to Solomon his son, in this house and in Jerusalem, which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel, I will put my name forever. I will not any more remove the foot of Israel from off the land, which I have appointed for your fathers, if only they will observe to do all that I have commanded them, even all the law, the statutes, and the ordinances given by Moses. Manasseh seduced Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem so that they did more evil than the nations whom Yahweh destroyed before the children of Israel. Yahweh spoke to Manasseh and to his people, but they didn't listen. Therefore Yahweh brought on them the captains of the army of the king of Assyria, who took Manasseh in chains, bound him with fetters, and carried him off to Babylon. When he was in distress, he begged Yahweh his God and humbled himself greatly before the God of his fathers. He prayed to him, and he was entreated by him, and heard his supplication, and brought him again to Jerusalem into his kingdom. Then Manasseh knew that Yahweh was God. Now after this, he built an outer wall to David's city on the west side of Gihon in the valley, even to the entrance at the fish gate. He encircled Ophel with it and raised it up to a very great height. He put valiant captains in all the fortified cities of Judah. He took away the foreign gods and the idol out of Yahweh's house and all the altars that he had built in the mountain of Yahweh's house and in Jerusalem, and he cast them out of the city. He built up Yahweh's altar and offered sacrifices of peace offerings and of thanksgiving on it, and commanded Judah to serve Yahweh, the God of Israel. Nevertheless, the people sacrificed still in the high places, but only to Yahweh their God. Now the rest of the acts of Manasseh and his prayer to God, and the words of the seers who spoke to him in the name of Yahweh, the God of Israel, behold, they are written among the acts of the kings of Israel. His prayer also, and how God was entreated of him, and all his sins and his trespass, and the places in which he built high places and set up the Asherah poles and the engraved images before he humbled himself, behold, they are written in the history of Hosei. So Manasseh slept with his fathers and they buried him in his own house and Ammon his son reigned in his place. Ammon was 22 years old when he began to reign and he reigned two years in Jerusalem. He did that which was evil in Yahweh's sight as did Manasseh his father and Ammon sacrificed to all the engraved images which Manasseh his father had made and served them. He didn't humble himself before Yahweh, as Manasseh his father had humbled self, but this same Ammon trespassed more and more. His servants conspired against him and put him to death in his own house. But the people of the land killed all those who had conspired against King Ammon, 
and the people of the land made Josiah his son king in his place. So we go from Hezekiah, the best of all the kings of Judah, to Manasseh his son, the worst of all the kings of Judah. Hezekiah is a real anomaly because before him, his father Ahaz was the worst of all the kings up to that point, and his son, the one after him, is the worst of all the kings of Judah. Now, I know you'd be thinking, but wasn't David better than Hezekiah? Yes, David was, but David was a king of all Israel. Hezekiah, of all the kings of just Judah, the south, from the king of Rehoboam right through to the last king, Zedekiah, Hezekiah is the best of all the kings, but his son Manasseh is the worst. I remember someone saying to me, um, you know, oh, if... if uh, because Hezekiah, you know, he had a, a life-threatening disease and he prayed and got a miracle and his life was extended by 15 years and that's when his son was born in those last 15 years. And someone was saying, oh, if only he didn't live those extra 15 years, his son would never have been born and the worst king of all. True. But his son is in the line of Christ. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes the terrible things... Uh, have good in them or good comes out of them in strange ways and so he uh, this Manasseh he he's only 12 when his dad dies and I don't know uh, whether he just didn't have a good example to follow because he was young I don't really know it's just he was the worst of all the kings and it's it's really during his reign that God decides I've had enough <laughs> I'm done with Judah so even though there's still one more good king to come, Josiah, two kings from now, um, it's really kind of during this really bad patch that, got, that the Lord decides he's had it and he's winding things up in Judah. Now the Lord knew all along that was going to happen. We go right back to Deuteronomy 28 and what's laid out there, if, if they didn't follow his commands, it's all there in black and white. But it's kind of during the time of Manasseh, things just get so bad. And um, the prophet Isaiah is the one who's alive at the time of Manasseh. So the prophet Isaiah, he lives during the reigns of Ahaz, that's um, Hezekiah's dad, and during the time of Hezekiah and during the time of Manasseh, during these three kings, he's alive and he's prophesying and some of the best prophecies in scripture. And um, But it's, uh, it says here in this chapter that the, the word of the Lord came to Manasseh, but he would not listen. Well, whose word was that? It was Isaiah the prophet. Isaiah the prophet was speaking to Manasseh saying, you're not doing the right thing. You should be following the Lord like your father. And you know what Manasseh does to Isaiah? Saws him in half. And if we go to the New Testament to Hebrews chapter 11, it's the Hall of, Hall of Fame, uh, of the Faith Hall of Fame. You know, it's, it's all these people that had such faith. They trust in the Lord. It says, by faith, you know, Abraham you know, left his home and went looking for a city. You know, by faith, you know, you know, people were thrown into the lion's den. And, you know, there's all these examples. And it's, one of them is by faith, people were sawn in half. Well, that's Isaiah the prophet. He's right there in Hebrews chapter 11, even though he's not named. But it's during the time of Manasseh that Manasseh would not listen. It says, I'm done. Saws the prophet in half. And at the end, the Babylonians come, and it's the first of the Babylonian incursions. There's three. And the third Babylonian incursion, the Babylonians are just done, and they just destroy the city entirely, and that's the end of Judah. But the first time the Babylonians come is right here. They take Manasseh away. Manasseh repents, 
And somehow he, he prays this thing called the Prayer of Manasseh, which is not written in the Bible, but it's written in the Coptic Bible. And um, it's the saddest prayer, but it's a prayer where there's no justifying of self. You know, sometimes when you do the wrong thing, you say, I'm sorry, but I only did it because, and you kind of give a reason. There's no reasons. In the Prayer of Manasseh, which you could Google and read, he just says, I'm so sorry, Lord. I did the wrong thing. I've, you know, I've, I've led your people astray. And he's just, it's true brokenness of heart. It's true repentance. And that's the type of repentance we need to have to get ourselves right with the Lord. But the Lord's patience had been, he'd been patient for so long, but finally during the reign of Manasseh, he just decides, that's it, I'm done. And so even though Manasseh personally repents, and you know, we're gonna go to heaven, Manasseh will be there, surprisingly. The worst of all the kings will be in heaven with us, and yet the judgment of the Lord was not changed even when this king repented. So sometimes we find that the, that the Lord, he's so wise, he decides things that are going to take place regardless of the individual decisions of people. So um, you might have a, um, you know, an individual, let's say, in a country. God's going to judge the country. The individual, though, might turn their heart to the Lord so, you know, a country might be turning against the Lord, following the law, uh, following against the Lord, following other things. But an individual in that country will still have to go through what that country's going to go through, even though they themselves will turn their heart to the Lord and say, Lord, forgive me. And sometimes that type of thing seems a bit unfair. Uh, but I think, I think we look at it from such a temporary point of view. We don't have any understanding of eternity and uh, how long eternity is, and how big it is, how significant it is. And we, we look at things and we judge them on the basis of this short little life. And we think that if we're walking with the Lord, we shouldn't have to go through pain and suffering uh, because you know we're getting ourselves right with God, right? So we shouldn't have to suffer. And yet the Lord's looking at the great good that is brought about by our repentance, even though we may have to go through pain and suffering. And in eternity, we see that what we did was turned into gold through the trials and the tribulations that we face. So Manasseh, the Lord was so kind to him, and yet because of Manasseh's actions, the wrath of the Lord was upon all Jerusalem, all Judah, and he had determined, I'm done. And uh, even though another good king came along later, it, was, it didn't make a difference. And um, what does this... What does this say for us? It says that, you know, I, I think we, we just need to walk with the Lord. We need to be close to Christ because regardless of what happens in the world around us, we need to be close to him. Like you look at Daniel, he was carted off by Babylonians into exile, but all the good that he did there and the book of Daniel, which we'll get to, is all about that. So you might be the Lord's servant and you might have a life where all around you it's blessed, or you may have a life where all around you there's difficulties, but you're the Lord's servant either way. So you need to walk in that grace. So Father, we thank you that your grace was extended even to the worst of sinners, the worst of kings, Manasseh, and I thank you that your grace is extended to us. And I pray you'd strengthen us so that we might walk through all that we have to go through regardless of the circumstances of the world that we find ourselves in. In Jesus' name. Amen.